Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, Leeds are falling apart again. Should we just talk about that for an hour? We don't need to do any. So we expecting you to sing. We might a player on as well later, but... I was expecting you to actually go full on into the song there, James. I'm a bit disappointed. No one wants to hear me sing. We do. Uh, right, come on then. Leeds nil, Wednesday 2. What a cracking afternoon. It certainly was. And uh, you have to say that, yeah, tactically Wednesday got it absolutely spot on, didn't they? Nailed it. Nailed they did. It. Um, yeah, they rode the luck a little bit in the first half. Let's not get away from that. When, you know, Jack Harrison should have scored from that free kick. And Cameron Dawson has pulled off a couple of yep. very important saves that shouldn't be forgotten about. But yeah, second half, Leeds ran out of ideas and uh, Wednesday showed more attacking intent and were more adventurous. They got more bodies up and in and around Sam Winnell, who I thought was too isolated in the first half. Um, and I, I really thought actually that Sam Winnell... Uh, won't get a lot of headlines for his performance, but I do think that he ran himself into the ground in the time he was on the pitch. Um, and I think he put in a big, big shift for Wednesdays. I don't think that should be, again, sort of taken lightly. Uh, at a time when Wednesday are sure, you would say, of, of attacking options with Fletcher and Forestieri both out at the moment. Um, but of course, the big man comes on and Makes the difference, doesn't he, with an assist and a goal? <laughs> and <laughs> look at you—you're not happy, well, you're not convinced. We'll, but we'll come. We'll come to the goals. We'll come to um, Atty. Uh, by the way, someone somewhere right now is making a meme of you saying "in and around Sam Winnell." Just point that out. Um, right, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Now. Let's talk team news first because we debated this a lot last week, and and there were so many different ways that this could have gone. And in the end, just the two changes. So. Um, we had um, Sammy Winall starting, we had Bannon back in, and uh, we had uh, Big O keeping his place. Sammy Winall wasn't the change, was he? Who was the, yeah, he was, yeah, change? Sam Winall uh, was... Oh, of course, because Fletcher went off Fletcher injured, yes, of course, yeah. So he did play uh, you know, a bit of the game against um, against Brighton. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think that he would keep his place, Big O. Um, and you, you were fairly confident that he'd stick with him. And it has to be said, um, all things considered, it was a pretty damn good performance from the young lad. He's, he's got no fear, has he? And yet, you know, he's got that sort of quiet confidence about him that doesn't come across as being cockiness. But he did a, a good job of, of keeping things quiet down that wing. And a couple of times when he came forward, he, he, he had a, a, an assurance about himself. He reminds me of a young Dominic I offer. I feel as if, <laughs> you know, they're both... A, Dominic uh, Iofer of last season. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, I think he's, he's got a lot of good qualities. There's no getting away from it that, you know, you look at the pace, the power, the athleticism and the fearlessness of youth. That's um, a big factor. And he's exactly the type of player Wednesday needed to come into the team to freshen things up. Uh, and to re-energise it, and that's what he's done. And it, and I actually was thinking about this the other day. Him coming into the team in the last two matches, what it's done is, in light of Wednesday not signing or bringing in a new face, he has added that 
freshness though or by making the impact he has done and I think it has actually given the team a lift uh, him coming in and doing so well and that's coincided with back-to-back away wins and back-to-back clean sheets um, so yeah I, you know he was a huge positive of course he was I thought actually him and I offer were a bit shaky on the ball uh, at times in the first half uh, it's in that opening half an hour they uh, did concern me a little bit uh, with trying to play out from the back when Leeds were pressing so high. But yeah, I, I think once he got through that period, they were both very solid and the, good. There was an element, and actually, I mean, things sort of played out a little bit like we talked about last week in terms of the fact, you know, I said, I'll be really happy if we get to half-time and it's nil-nil because Leeds in the second half against Arsenal weren't the same team and it kind of played out in a very sort of similar way. But that first half, I mean, Leeds very much on top. We rode our luck a bit because Leeds had their chances. I've watched it back a couple of times and the off the offside goal, I kind of look at it and just think, God, on another day, that might not be given. It, it's tight, that it's really tight. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we did ride our luck a bit, but, you know, that's, that's football, isn't it? And, you know, we did what we needed to do in terms of just getting through that initial period because we know that is what Leeds do. They'll throw the kitchen sink at you from the start uh, and you've just got to ride it out. There, there were times in the first half where it just felt like, how are we actually even going to get a shot on target in this game? It just looked like as soon as we got towards the final third, things just fell to bits. And, and it just looked like it was just going to be a game where if we come away with this with a goalless draw, we've we've done well. It it was a different game first half to second half, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, absolutely. And Wednesday didn't have a shot on target. And let's let's be fair, they only had two shot on, shots on target <laughs> in the whole match and scored in both. That's ruthless. That it's I great, isn't it? Love it, it. love it, it is. love and, it. Uh, we have bemoaned that at times this year, haven't we? That Wednesday haven't been clinical enough in the final third, but they certainly were uh, Ellen Road on Saturday and they made Weeds pay for their profligacy in, in front of goal. And it's not it's not just Leeds being quieter in the second half. Um, whatever was said in the dressing room, whatever the game plan was, and it might always have been the case, just get to half time and then we change things up in the second half. Because players like you know Kieran Lee, I, I barely noticed him first half. He looked really anonymous. Second half really came into the to the game, and it, it was stuff like that that really made the difference, wasn't it? That those players that were just not quite at their best in the first half, when they stepped things up a bit, second half things clicked and um i mean let's let's talk about the goals because it, it gets towards that point and and maybe there's this automatic i call it like the wednesday gene in my head that says let's not throw this away let's get away from this with a point it'll be great uh eve even at the point where um what is it three minutes three minutes to to go um and you know that that it's almost not even a chance. You just think if he shoots from there, you've got you've got no right to score from from there. Jacob Murphy, like it was almost. Th- there's one area of the goal that he can hit it where he's got a chance of of ultimately turning it into a, a goal and, and manages to to do it. Brilliant moment. Yeah, I don't want to take anything away from Jacob Murphy's strike, but the fact is the goalkeeper should have saved it. It is near post. Yeah, he's hit it firm. And low, but he's a bit uh, flat foot of the goalkeeper, isn't yeah. he? I think he thinks it's going to go across him. I'd be disappointed if my goalkeeper let that in. I think he should have been keeping that out, but yeah, great pass through by 
Well, this, this is the point that we've got to dwell on, yeah. isn't it? Because as much as, you know, Jacob Murphy does wallop that ball and uh, it's it's a great finish and, and a fantastic moment, that ball from Atenuiu is is sublime. It doesn't it doesn't even look um and I, I'm I'm not the greatest Atenuiu fan, but I, I cannot fault the difference he made in, in that game. He loves playing against Leeds, we know that. He he loves that ground. Uh but that pass is just absolutely superb but if you if you pause it at the moment he's about to play the ball and you look at it and you think there's no way in the world that this team can score a goal from this situation it can't happen it's almost impossible and yet we do it's brilliant we, we saw all sides to Atty knew you when he came on there was that moment where he tried to float in a cross and he's put it out to play <laughs> horribly um, but then he has like you said put that glorious pass through into Murphy uh, and the the way that he confidently finished that second off and brilliant move too. You've got to say that Barry Bannon's another sublime ball. Yeah, the delightful pass to put Adam Reach in down the left, and Adam Reach had the composure to pull it back, and the big man first time absolutely lashed it in. It, it was a great finish, at, not for the first time this season where Atty has scored late. Uh, I think that's maybe the third or fourth occasion where he scored yeah. in the 90th minute plus. So, yeah, um, Atty is an impact player. You'd have to say that's his role right now in this team, that you wouldn't necessarily have him as the regular starter. He's had a number of opportunities this season where I don't feel as if he's fully grasped that chance that he's had to start. He's, he's struggled, I think, with consistency. But yet again, we saw the value of him at Leeds coming off the bench and uh, being a real nuisance. Do you, Are you a subscriber to this theory that Atty only turns it on when he can see the end of his contract in sight? No, I wouldn't entirely uh, buy into that. Managers, in his defence, I don't think have always... Um, put faith and trust in in him to give him regular long starts. It's certainly in the Deponchan series years, he seems to really have become more of a squad player, doesn't he? If we're totally honest, so um, you know, under Carlos Carvalho, that's that's what his role was. Uh, Jos Lukai gave him a run towards the end of the seventeen eighteen season when he earned his last contract and yeah he, he had a very good rich vein of goal scoring form didn't he to get his two years so yeah but there, of course there will be people out there who do think oh you know what Put, putting two and two together he's only turning it on now as he wants to earn himself a new contract but I think that would be a bit harsh personally I think that, that um, it, it's a case of the, the guy's never injured you know I think that uh, um, the, he has played, I think, what, nearly 250 matches now for Wednesday. He's got nearly 50 goals. Um, he's, he's still a man that divides opinion, but he's one of the longest-serving players um, for Wednesday. And there's a reason why he has worked under so many managers, that they see that this this guy, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, he can bring something different to the table. I uh, I struggle to get my head around the idea that a player, if they think, oh, well, I've still got 18 months to run on my contract, that they'd make a decision during a football game with that in their mind, thinking, I'm not going to bother chasing after that ball because I don't need to. Like, I just can't, I can't see that a footballer's brain works like that. Like, so much of football is just instinct. Like, if there's, 
if the ball drops in front of you and you've got a sight of goal, you don't decide not to shoot because you think, oh, I've got a contract now, I don't, I don't need to score this. It's like, I just, I don't know, I just find it strange that that whole sort of theory about the fact that, you know, Atty only turns it on when um, no. when he has got a contract to fight for. But it does seem that, you know, he does get his break. Things do fall for him when, um, you know, when we get to this sort of point where you start to, to tick down and so many people will have written him off and said, look, this, yeah. this time we have got to, you know, we've got to let him go we've got to move on we've got to get better and then he comes on and kind of does something like that on Saturday and, and it kind of throws everything back up in the air again so we'll, we'll chat a bit more about that later on let's chat about Sam Winnall then because you, you mentioned before about I mean there's no doubt the work rate was there Um, he's one of those players at the moment that he's not getting that run of the ball he's not getting that look but I mean, he we we should have been one to look well before we were. That was an absolute golden chance that Sam Winnall misses. You look back now, and it doesn't matter, and it's kind of forgotten. But if that game finishes nil nil, or heaven forbid, if Leeds go up the other end and actually nick it one nil, you look back at that and you think, this is a striker who, when he came in, it was all about you know he is a goal poacher. If he gets sight of goal, he will score goals, uh, and it's happening. You know, it it's that's got to be a goal. It's got to be. There've been a few times. This season where, yeah, Sam Winnell's snatched at chances. He's missed good opportunities. For whatever reason, that and it's, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. Right now, as, as things stand Wednesday, it doesn't appear that they're going to bring somebody in necessarily up from before the weekend when they play Blackburn, but we know that they're wanting to strengthen up front. Um, so Sam Winnell could end up getting pushed down in the pecking order again. But y- y- I know what you're saying and where you're coming from with that, that chance at Leeds that, yeah, you know, at this level, I think you'd be expecting them to certainly hit the target at the very least, if not score. I wanted to break the net with that. I think the thing that annoys me about it a little bit is that the, there are fans that have quite rightly sort of said to, in Sam Winnell's defence, he's he's not really been given his chance of late. He's kind of come in for like half a game here or maybe a game in the cup there. Um, and, you know, he had his chance on Saturday and it just felt like the work rate was there, but you're a striker, you've got to score goals. And he he didn't take he didn't take the chance literally mm-hmm. when it was presented. And and that means that overall I'd look at it and go, you know, if we do bring in someone else and someone all drops down the pecking order, I kind of struggle to sympathise a bit because he can't say, Well, I've not had yeah. I've not been given a fair crack of the whip because it's there. Stephen Fletcher's out mm-hmm. injured, we know that. It, this is your chance, Sam. And um I, put it, I put it this way, was, I think he's going to have to deliver. He's going to have to deliver, I think, Blackburn. Blackburn's going to be huge for him uh, to either put in a strong performance or get on the score sheet himself and maybe then that can kick-start him and, and give him a lift um, as we go deeper into the January transfer window. And the, the likelihood is that Wednesday, after they've got the next few fixtures out of the way, that they will have brought you would think, at least one new face in, if not two. So, yeah, the, I think the pressure's definitely on and the spotlight is on Sam Winnell and all the strikers, for that matter. So that's why it was a timely reminder from Atty Nuyu of uh, what he can do and that he's still got plenty to offer. Uh, so, yeah, I, for Sam Winnell, though, personally, I, I think that certainly the hard work and the, the determination's there. It's that end product. That's what he gets judged on. That's 
you know, but he's a striker, so we we expect him to be finding the back of the net on a consistent basis. Uh, and, and for Wednesday, yeah, he's maybe not always had the long runs in the team, but he certainly has had his chances. But he, he's, you know, you look at the numbers and they don't stack up really when it comes to goals. I'm one of the people that was was really pleased to see that midfield. Um, so Bannon playing that mm. that deeper role and us not playing a naturally defensive midfielder, which we we talked about last week and you know, it felt like it could be a risk against Leeds, but we we did it. Um, it was harsh, I thought, on Jerry Pellipessi. I would have played Jerry Pellipessi on Saturday. Um, I, I don't think he deserved to be left out, but clearly. Back, you know, Bannon coming back in was going to happen. Um, so, how, how do you think the midfield performed? Yeah, no, I, I, I slightly disagree with what you were saying before. I actually thought Kieran Lee off the ball did quite a lot of good work in the first half. Um, and I, I thought that um, his contribution was probably greater than the Wongu's. For me, when it uh, when it comes to sort of the the donkey work or that the stuff off the ball and the dirty side of the game, I, I thought Kieran Lee you know, showed his value there definitely. I've, I've sometimes said with Kieran Lee that he's one of those players that if the the days where you come away thinking I barely noticed Kieran Lee today means it's probably one of his best games because that's the kind of player that he is. Sometimes the stuff that he does off the ball is is such a big part of his game. And maybe I just didn't notice it on on Saturday. It just felt like he he wasn't quite with the play on on Saturday in the first half. Different in the second half, and it felt like things clicked a little bit more midfield wise. Second half, obviously, Pelly Pessi did come on. Sam Hutchinson coming on as well, but but not in a midfield role. Um, Let's talk about the defence as well because we've we've obviously um, we've talked yeah. about Bigger. No, we, uh, we've not mentioned the, the star man for me on the day, Julian. What, are you going Burner or Bur- I, no, Burner. I thought they were both superb. To be I fair. think no, for me Burner um, tipped it. I gave him I think nine out of ten, and I thought well. he, he, he was man of the match for me. I thought he he looked like. Beckenbauer at times he was he was he was immense everything he did he did with um, that sort of confidence and calmness that we've come to expect from him uh, he he really has been an incredible signing uh, on a three transfer you you can't knock it I mean just a great bit of business between Steve Bruce the recruitment team to get him in and the way that he has adjusted to life in English football he's made it a couple of mistakes that have been costly for goals, but on the whole, his consistency um, has been exemplary. And frankly, you can't change that back four right now. So Tom Lees will probably be fit and available for Blackburn. I'm afraid Tom Lees stays on the bench for me. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think what you see with Burner as well is is a, a there's a, there is a growing confidence there, particularly on the ball. I think he um, you can almost see that he feels. He's got a better grasp of this league every, every time that he plays. There's, there's that little element of him just showing that little bit more understanding of what this league's about and that confidence to bring the ball forward out of defence. And again, something we talked about last week is that what you don't get that with Tom Lees and you're never going to get that with Tom Lees. Dominic Ioff is actually very good at, at that. Um, and we're seeing now that Burner is probably very good at that. He's maybe just not had the the confidence and the the more he's adjusting to this league and adjusting to being a Sheffield Wednesday player because, you know, alongside all this, let's not forget the fact that 
um, you know, he is like he's he's a mascot for this team as well. He loves it, doesn't he? And you know, seeing him that um, that brilliant, and it is a, a, a Leeds thing actually, but that um, that dugout cam that they've that they've got, um, and kind of showing him doing the old aeroplane thing as he runs around after they score the second goal. Also, just seeing stuff like you know Morgan Fox absolutely going mental with the Wednesday fans and Cameron Dawson and stuff like that. Um, if it. it that's it's such a small thing, but it it has felt like that's been missing a little bit over that Christmas period when, and even before that, when we were winning games and something just didn't quite, things weren't quite clicking. It didn't feel quite right. There there was a moment there that that was different. There was a moment there that was special, and it was everything. And it you know, it, interesting. You're talking about the big O coming into the team and the boost that gave the team. I feel like it's given the club a boost, like the fans, that there's just that little, that element of negativity that's been there has just kind of started to, to wade a little bit in the last couple of couple of weeks. It's that hope, isn't it? And it's the yeah, togetherness. I feel a as little if, bit more yeah, harmonious yeah, about the place. 100% agree with you entirely. I think, yeah, and we've seen the team spirit and the, uh, particularly at Leeds, they had to dig deep. You know, they really, I'm not going to say had to defend for the line, but they had to defend extremely well to keep um, a really good Leeds team out. And yeah, I think for me, that's where, you know, you look at it and you're thinking there's so much positivity in, in keeping back-to-back clean sheets, which is something that they haven't done for a while. And to do it against yeah. such good opposition, yeah. it really should give them a lot of heart and confidence moving forward. I think we just love being underdogs. I think we're just a team that's naturally suited to being underdogs. And whenever we get to a point where we're favourites for stuff like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Blackburn obviously in a bit, but, you know, going to Leeds and winning is great. But if we can't follow that up with three points against Blackburn, you just think, what? We, we're not going to go anywhere. We've got to be able to get those functional wins, all due respect to Blackburn in saying that but it's a game that you think we've we've just got to go out and win that um we'll, we'll talk more about that in a bit one final thing that I wanted to mention um so there was a new name on the bench we have a Hughes um I know nothing about the lad I know that you you do, do you want the, the um, um, do you want the pronunciation <laughs> <laughs> is it B, B, e, B, uh, B, Ben um do you know anything about the guy yeah I've seen him a fair bit actually for the under 23s yeah I think he's another talented youngster coming through can play right back and on the wing he's trained a lot with the first team uh, and it, it's really encouraging isn't it and refreshing to see similar to the Os Lukai days for all the failings of that short um, ill-fated reign he gave you for chance and Gary Monk is showing signs now, um, over the last couple of months he's including the likes of Ben Hughes, Alex Hunt we've seen on the bench and then we've seen the big O um, have his breakthrough in the last couple of matches. But yeah, Ben Hughes is is another. I think he used to be on Manchester City's books and, it, and Wednesday snapped him up. And I think it highlights too, we've seen it with Azazi and we've now seen it with Ben Hughes, the, the recruitment at youth level, just as it is at first, t- first team level, is vitally important and Wednesday are uh, looking as if now that they are signing hopefully some uh, diamonds, rough diamonds that they can polish and then develop and improve and hope you hope that some will make it through into the senior team and that's what we're seeing at the moment so yeah Ben Hughes is another one certainly to keep an eye on Uragidi, I have been practicing it by the way Good. I, I do know it. there you go uh, right then let's hear from uh, let's hear from the manager here's Gary Monk 
Let's talk about your, your new man, um, Miguel Higaldo. What can you tell us about him? No, look, Miguel he came, he came in um, a couple months ago, working with the 23s, and obviously, as I've said many times before, we have a lot of the 23s in our sessions throughout the weeks and stuff like and did very well in his trial. And then um, I think the discussions with the club was, you know, he's a free to come here um, and, yeah, to bring him into the 23s. And like any young player, they can progress how we want them to. And, and yeah, make that step up, then then that's what we look to do. So yeah, of course he's come in to be with the 23s. But then, as I just said, as we always look, if they develop the 23s like any young player um, and do well enough, and then there's an opportunity um, to come into the first team. Gary, was the result at Blackburn was that probably one of the lowest moments of the season for you? It wasn't a great game from what I remember. Um, but we did the job that we needed to do. We got ourselves into leading, leading into those final few minutes. And then that's the thing the championship can do. It can turn around on its head. We made mistakes, two mistakes. We've been through those mistakes and we tried to rectify them and, and push on. And that's all part of the journey. And, and they took advantage of it um, in those two moments. The rest of it was where we needed it to be. So um, I think we often ju judge reaction off, do you know what I mean, the result. But um, my job's not to do that. My job is as well is to stay consistent. And my message to the players: Yes, of course we go through things that we don't feel are acceptable or mistakes or whatever it is like that, and try and push for better. And, and then when we're doing well, like this week, you know, last two games, it's not we're going to get overboard with it. My job is to keep that right level for them, and, and that demand has to be there every single day. So um, I don't just go off the result um, on any one given game. It's to judge the consistency of the performance, you know, and and then push them in the right direction whether it's to fight back or to maintain so um, that's really what we've been concentrating on Do you feel like you owe Blackburn one after what happened? I think it's part of the mo motivation um, for us I think you try and put all those things you can grab and put it into that melting pot and, but we should have huge motivation motivation to keep winning motivation to put a result right that we, we didn't get in the, in the first game against them and then also from our last two results at home um, that we haven't done right and haven't got the right result is to put that right as well. So all those ingredients you try and put in and that's what should be inside you as a player and manager and, and as a club. So and that's what we're focused on. You decided uh, to let Ash Baker leave this week. Uh, what was your thinking behind that? No, I just think similar with Jordan. I think, you know, they're not young, young lads anymore. You know, they're just past that period of what you'd class as a you know, an under 23 player or whatever it may be and um, having good discussions with those two and I think the way it was at this this point was where they're going to push into the first team the rest of the season likely not um, and then also their own ambition you know they you know to go and play games and get their career going you have to kind of respect both you know and help them here and help understand them and I think it was it was yeah, good discussions with the pair of them. They wanted to go and try and fight for their careers and you know, get their careers going. It's it's not really, you know, they're not young 19, 18 year olds anymore. You know, they're moving into where they should be in regular football, and they weren't quite getting that here. Were they likely to get that moving forward? Not at that moment in time. And, um, and yeah, so it's our job as well as a club to help them, you know, move to that that situation. I think all parties are happy with that. Have you had any more approaches for players? No, nothing. Nothing. Uh, there was talk that Wigan were interested in Jordan Rhodes yeah, in the month. Not any, any approach that I'm aware of um, mm. whatsoever, no official approaches or anything like that. Do you still see, especially with Fernando still unavailable, 
Stephen Fletcher injured that Jordan has a big part still for you to play? They all do. You know, like I said, look, every player in football is available at some point for some, whether it's monetary or it's they need to move on or we need them to move on, whatever it is. But I'm not focused on that. I only have to deal with it if something's presented in front of me. Right now, I'm concentrating on this group together. We need to add, which is obvious with especially with certain circumstances that have changed um, over recent weeks. And yeah, I won't have to, I don't have to think about that until, you know, the club tell me that, look, we've had this and that's not been a discussion I've had um, all the way up to this point. We touched on this earlier on then, uh, the Blackburn game. They're all important. Every game's important. Of course they are. Uh, but we need some momentum. We have won two in a row, but one of them was an FA Cup game. So in terms of league, you look at the form table, it's still not not great. But um, we won the last game and, and that's what matters. As we said earlier, it's all about now following that up with um, three points back at Hillsborough. Yeah, it's important to get back on track at Hillsborough yeah. after two really disappointing performances, you would have to say, and results against Cardiff and Hull. So yeah, for, for Wednesday... They've got to be looking at this as one where they go in as favourites. With Blackburn, they're missing their best player. Bradley Dax out injured. Uh, So that's where it's different from when they last played. And Wednesday owe them. Just about to say we do owe them They do. You know, that was um, uh, one of actually the... I would say the worst afternoons of the season that for me yeah, to to lose in that manager uh, manner and uh, yeah you shouldn't be I think with respect to Blackburn Wednesday their mid table and Wednesday striving to finish in the top six that these are the type of matches that they've got to be earmarking and looking at uh, to be winning without a doubt and you do look at it and think that the next nine fixtures, eight of them are against teams in the bottom half. So what an opportunity it is to put some points on the board. But as we saw over Christmas, and this is where Wednesday have to be very mindful, and no doubt Gary Monk will be reminding his players all the time that they can take nothing for granted in this league. We saw how things quickly turned around that Christmas period. So yeah, Wednesday are in good habits uh, and they need to maintain them. We find ourselves back at, at this um, this same juncture that we um, come to so often when we're coming off the back of an away game to a home game. But it feels a bit different this time. So this this age-old debate of two up front or one up front, um, we find ourselves back there because it is deemed being quite negative only playing one up front. We do have the problem with the fact that we're not blessed with informed strikers at the moment and there isn't a natural combination of of two out-and-out strikers that you would say, yeah, they definitely work together. We've tried a few different combinations, actually, over the last couple of months, and none of them really have quite sat right together. So we find ourselves in this situation whereby does does he stick with exactly the same team um, as we played against Leeds? It did the, it did the job. Or, um, you know, do, do we make those changes to play two up front? Or do we find ourselves in a situation whereby someone who was um, officially a midfielder on Saturday finds themselves maybe pushed into a slightly more advanced role and you, you kind of look at Luongo as being someone that we know can be a bit more attacking. Kieran Lee can be a bit more attacking. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because of this kind of this perception of, of playing one up front being considered quite negative. I'd like to see it more as a 4-4-1-1 with Luongu playing off Winnell 
I, I think you're right though. It's really difficult to change the team around after two really good away wins. Uh, and Gary Monk um, doesn't, see, you know, from what we've seen of him so far, unless he absolutely has to, he doesn't make. He certainly doesn't make wholesale changes. He make the odd tactical tweak here and there, but. If you look at the changes he has made over the last few months, quite a few of them have been enforced, haven't they, through injury or suspension or, or whatever else. Um, so, yeah, I, I would be tempted to go down that route. And I mean, one player we haven't mentioned in much detail, but who does appear to be coming into certainly the best form that we've seen of him in Wednesday covers is Jacob Murphy. Jacob Murphy in the last two matches, two much improved showings. He's now got three goals this season. So, yeah, you can't take Murphy out of the team right now. So he'd be on the right. And then Adam Leach, Adam Leach on the left, who's scored and had an assist in the last two matches. So it's Kadeem Harris who really is going to have to play the waiting game right now. And um, it's quite a nice position to be in, really, for, for Wednesday yeah. there. It does. I mean, kind of looking at it, taking a step back, you kind of think it's, it's it is a bit harsh on on Harris, who's been you know if you to kind of talk about who's been the best mm. player of the season so far, you'd expect his name to come up a couple of times. Do you think it's harsh though? But in I, terms of well, I, I, I think he's he was faded due, in recent in recent weeks, hasn't he? And I think I he was think due a break. It probably yeah, so. I, you know, and ever present in the league. He's, he's looked months. tired at times. And things just haven't been happening for him. And even when he's been putting in a good performance, it's not necessarily been hugely effective. Um, and you're right in terms of the fact that Murphy does offer something different. Um, I, I, I'm not. I, I kind of feel that Murphy's someone that will get back and help defensively. And, and I know there'll be fans that disagree with that because of this, I think there's a perception that Murphy's lazy. And I, I'm not sure I see that. I see someone that will get back and, and will work defensively in um, Murphy. No, what frustrates me about Murphy is sometimes I feel like he gives the ball carelessly away in dangerous positions. Or, you know, or it's the decision-making and you can you see why he's not quite made it, certainly in the, in the Premier League. Uh, but we have seen evidence, probably more glimpses than on a regular basis, that though he still is a player that, yeah, you know, he has got talent. There's, and, and uh, you know, we, we have seen it in the last two matches, particularly where he has really caught the eye. The, the the key phrase now, obviously, is consistency, isn't it? And whether or not he can he can now continue doing it, you know, week in, week out. Because this ultimately now is his his chance to get his career back on track. If he's got aspirations of playing, and I don't just necessarily mean at, at Premier League level, even at Championship level, you know, he's not he's not set the world alight so far. And the last couple of games have been a lot better. You know, he's the kind of player that you just you can see fading away into like. League One, League Two over the the next couple of years of his career, unless now he starts to prove that he can do it week in, week out, and he's worthy of a starting place in a in a championship team. So you know, key few games coming up for Jacob Murphy. He's got to keep his place, and 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 he's got to do more of what he did at times really, really well on on Saturday. Um, what about Adam Reach? Because he he's obviously someone that again has been in and out of the team, looked out of sorts at times. Um, had had good moments, but not necessarily good games of late. But it did just seem to suit him a little bit better on Saturday. Yeah, I thought that... It wasn't a standout performer, let's no, be fair. No, I thought, I thought defensively uh, he can 
deeply supported Morgan Fox and you know in tracking back and and that's what you'll always get with Adam Reach, that energy and that uh, you know tireless off the ball work, uh, which which is for Gary Monk, you know that he expects those and he expects them consistently. So and that's why Adam Reach has played more often than not under Gary Monk that you know what you're going to get from him, which is reliability. Uh, yeah, his performances, I think this season, we'd all accept um, that he's not hit the standards that we'd have hoped for, but there is still time for him to come good. And if he has a real, really big sort of purple patch, then, uh, yeah, the championship better watch out, um, as we know that he can be a huge asset to this team, definitely. All right, let's get some thoughts from within the Wednesday squad. And here is Massimo Luongo. What have you made of your own season so far? Yeah, I think I fit in really well. I think I've adapted quite quickly to, to the players and the and the coach. Um, I've had my fair share of injuries, which which hasn't helped. But I felt like when I'm fit, I've, I've slotted back into the team really well. And I feel I, I had something that the other players don't. And... Yeah, I feel I can I can help this team along the way. What, what do you think that is that you? Um, yeah, I'm a natural box the box midfielder. Um, I like a tackle and but I like to create things as well. And I don't think you get many many mm. players like that nowadays. Um, I think my energy my energy helps. Uh, you know, getting up the pitch and and you know I like to dribble with the ball a little bit as well. So I like to try and do everything and uh, you know. Physically, it's really hard and demanding, but you know, I try and I try and do it every game. And how desperate are you to get back on the school sheet? Oh yeah, I know. I started so well, so it's in the back of my head, obviously. Um, but yeah, I know I know the chances will come. Um, the last two games, we we haven't had many chances, but uh, I think you know, the the more games I play, the more comfortable I'll be in the team, and I'll be able to figure things out on the pitch and and create my own chances. Do you set yourself targets at the beginning of the season? I just want to score. I just want to, to be fair, getting in the box. I think my mental challenge is I've got to get in the box. You know, you, you don't score unless you, you get in the box. So um, the more entries I can get into the box, I think it will be better for me to, to create more chances and then, then try and score. And do you think the way that the team has set up and played in the last two matches, that that's suited you as well? Yeah, definitely. I think... A three midfield is, is always my ideal formation um, as being one of the eights and you get a little bit more licence to, to go forward and, and help the strike up. Um, in a 4 foot 2 it's a little bit more difficult, you know, you've got to be a bit more disciplined and you're probably not needed to go forward as much. But yeah, I think the last two games probably suited me and, and the other midfielders as well, perfectly as well. When you look at the table at the moment, then in your six... And it's so tight there. Do you think it will go right down to the wire? Yeah, 100%. I think this, this season is, is, is an odd season. I think, you know, with all the things going on in the background, the financial fair play and the teams having to sort of hold back a bit in the spending. And I think it's, if there's a better time for promotion, I think this season is, is, is perfect because every team's so, so even. Um, you know, managers get found out and, and the good ones you know you can see where we are we're doing really well and I think the managers had a big influence on that um, and I think yeah it's going to come down to the end and as I said before you know your, your three games in a row win from being 
almost secure it up in the playoffs or, or being somewhere in the middle again. Have the players talked at all about the EFL charge and what could happen? I'll be honest, I don't think many people know what really goes on. There's rumours and little things go- happening in the background, um, but not not as much as you think, you know. We're in train work every day and nothing really gets said. Um, I think we all know there's something going on, because the media put it up all the time, but no, it's definitely not on our focus or anything like that. Well, another week and another outgoing from Hillsborough. So um, Ash Baker, who had kind of become the forgotten man, he, he had an injury and I think that meant he'd slipped out of a lot of people's minds. And um, I think the right thing for him, the right thing for Wednesday, um, he had a, you know he did have a few good games. And when Ash Baker first came in, I think we we thought that maybe we might just have a you know a player on our hands here. It's not worked out for him, and and this is a similar conversation to what we had last week about Jordan Thornley really, and it just not happening. And it's better for them to move on and go somewhere where they're actually going to get some um, football. Um, quite interesting. We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier on about you know in the last couple of weeks a couple of younger players moving on as a couple of younger players find themselves within the match day squad. Signs there, even though we've not brought players in as such, but there are signs there of Gary Monk starting to kind of take the ball by the horns a bit here and starting to put his stamp on this squad a little bit and and kind of you know bringing in a couple of let's call them his own faces, you know people that you know he's brought through and and and, and decided to bring in from the academy ranks, um, and I think that we've got to take that as a good sign now that Gary Monk starting to feel like it's his squad a little bit. Yeah, it's exciting in that he's putting his own stamp on it without bringing anyone in from the outside. You're still waiting to make his first signing uh, as Sheffield Wednesday manager. But that's what we've seen with Gary Monk is that he is focusing on the job in hand and that he's, he's working with what he's got you know we know that he wasn't dealt the best of hands you know when you think of the timing of his appointment coming in after the transfer windows close and with what's gone on uh, off the pitch so he's had to deal with a, a you know a heck of a lot and so the fact that yeah you know Wednesday have still fluctuated results wise as we saw over Christmas you know it's not all all been plain sailing but they're still six and only what, three points off third place Brentford, who've won 11 out of the last 16. So it's still a pretty healthy position to be in if you're, if you're you know, a fan of Wednesday uh, and from anyone connected with the club right now that you still look at it and think that uh, there was an opportunity to kick on, definitely. It's another crazy season in the Championship, isn't it? Whereby you can be, um, you know, as, as we saw for a few weeks, you can be fairly awful um, and you're still right up there, you know, a couple of wins um, can can make all the difference and, you know, obviously Saturday really important for, for that and the, the Blackburn game. Um, I want to cast your mind back two weeks, right, and we're having a discussion. You overrule me in the inclusion of Connor Wickham as a candidate for Wednesday's best player of the last decade. What odds do you think we'd get on Connor Wickham <laughs> Ten years time from now, I was having a conversation about him being in the uh, in the running for best striker of the twenties for. Well, not going to say long odds. Obviously, we hope that's the case. Then, James, don't we? You know, um, Connor Wickham comes in and fires Wednesday to uh, you know, promotion and Premier League glory. That would be the rumours are rife, and yes. you can see why he's obviously yeah. not been. Um, 
not really been in with much of a shout at Palace. Obviously, he's been recovering from a fairly serious injury. But then since since he's been back to something like fitness, he's not really been figuring too much for Palace. There's a connection with Wednesday in, on many different levels and, and people have been making the points on Twitter about family connections and all kinds of stuff like that. Two loan spells that he had here. One particularly that was very successful, but we'll not get into that again because we'll fall out. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, you you can look at this and convince yourself that, you know, this is written in the stars a little bit. Is Conor Wickham going to be the answer for Sheffield Wednesday? In, Who in knows? the situation that, that we're knows? in. Wednesday need a forward. We know that, right? That's what the shorts. They, they've got three strikers at the moment. And Gary Monk, does he have complete faith in any of them? you would have to say no, the jury's out on that. Um, and so they need some pace. They certainly need another option there. So Connor Wickham it hasn't had a lot of game time at Crystal Palace. They've just brought in Tosson on loan from Everton. Um, so they've got quite a few options in attack. But the, the trouble Wednesday've got as have quite a few championship teams, is that you're all looking in the same pond and you're all looking at the same players. And these Premier League players are on huge wages in some cases. Uh, and also Premier League clubs um, want loan fees, pretty hefty loan fees for some of these players. Uh, so you, it's almost like a, it's a transfer... You're paying short term for four months, hoping that someone comes in, does the business for you. But uh, you know you could end up paying, you know, way over the odds if you're not careful and not getting, say, um, the best deal that you possibly can. And that's why we're going to see in this window, the majority of it, you know, where it's going is going to the end. It's going to be. Hang yep. lots of last day deals right, We ha how much business has really got done um, middle of the way through the month every club has this intention don't they of let's get the business done early yeah. and it makes sense because there's games to play there's games to win it's yeah. not just a matter of it doesn't matter we'll just wait till the end of the window but it's it's but, like but, a property but, chain isn't it yeah. you're, you're like waiting for this to happen and waiting yeah. for that to happen and, and I suspect mm. that you know we probably need to we know if we bring players in, we've got to we've got to ship players out. But can we let those players go until we know that those players coming in? So like, it just the whole thing just gets yeah. held held up, and it, you, and, you need and a it domino effect, why, won't it? You do. You need domino effects of where one deal then can then start that sort of chain reaction of two or three. Uh, but yeah, clubs don't want to sell their best players, uh, and they don't want to leave themselves short. So this is what you're up against. Uh, and also, let's take some of the strikers that Wednesday linked in, uh, linked with, are interested, say, in some of them. So Dwight Gale, Connor Wickham, Ed, Eddie Nikita, um, right? So loads of competition. You know, most of them, you're looking at four or five play, you know, teams in the championship, yep. all after them. Um and, yeah, as I said, loan fee, wages. So you've got to agree on, on those terms. And then the player also has to want to come to your football club. So there's so many factors in trying to get deals over the line. And that's why it's so difficult. Yeah. And we're, we're at an advantage in terms of the fact that we're, we're currently in the top six. We're at a disadvantage in terms of the fact that there's that black cloud that's, that's lingering. Uh, and... 
is that you know if if you're a footballer and you've got a choice of two clubs in similar positions and one's got this thing hanging over them and one of them hasn't does that become a factor or is it just a matter of right what's what's the what's closest to my house what's closest to where i live who's actually offering the most is is there you know is is someone um, is one of the deals one whereby I'm getting my full wage, half of it played by my existing club, or, or whatever it, it might be. This, you know, I, I don't know how these decisions are made, but I mean, one of the names you mentioned there, Dwight Gale, I think we'd all say, yeah, I mean, we know that he's he, he can do it in the championship with, with barely even having to break a sweat, but some of the, I don't know how much truth that there is in it, but some of the stuff that I've, I've seen talked about in terms of expected wages there is just astronomical and you think unless you're a team that's got parachute payments in the championship you there's there's no way in the world if this stuff like you know 60 70 grand a week Sheffield Wednesday can't afford to play that I mean that that just com- that blows everything out I don't and, think many and, and it would also break a lot in terms of whatever harmony we start to see in the dressing room now you bring in someone that's getting paid you know double what your highest other earners are, are bringing in is is that good for your team you know as much as you get some goals from that what what price those goals yeah. It, and it, it's hard, isn't it? You look at for recruitment teams at football clubs mm. now, the, there aren't that many players out there that we know can do it and that aren't just looking for one last payday that are still at a point of the career whereby they've got something to prove. Mm. Um, you've also got, you know, as, as much as you look at Conor Wickham and say he's definitely proved that he can do it, he's coming back from a really bad injury. The, you know, there's no proof yet that there's the same player there. You know, he, he, he could never quite reach those heights again. And, and maybe he's at a, a bad point of his career rather than a good point of his career. At the same time, he's got something to prove again. So, uh, I mean, I t- it, it's hard. And I, f- I feel for recruitment teams, I feel for managers, I feel for football clubs generally, because it is just so hard to get those players in and, and get the business done and over the line. And those teams that, that have already brought in one or two players, and we, we saw with Swansea bringing in Brewster quite early on, you think fair play to them for getting that business done early. For everyone else, it's kind of, it's just a scrap, isn't it? It's just a fight now yeah, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's why it's not a great window. And, and most managers, if you ask them, they don't like the general transfer window and want it to be scrapped. Uh, but I mean, that doesn't look on the cards at the moment, so they've got to work with what they've got. Uh, I suppose actually one thing we should touch on as well when we're talking about uh, contracts is that uh, encouraging news for Wednesday that they're in talks with Cameron Dawson yep. and they're looking to tie him down. Yeah, So hopefully that they get that resolved sooner rather than later. We've seen Cameron Dawson come back um, this season and since November when he's been given that number one spot. Uh, Yeah, he looks here to stay, doesn't he? Uh, And he looks a far better goalkeeper than what he did 12 months or so ago. That experience that he had, that tough year uh, under Jos Lukai and when the team went from playoffs to then that bottom end, uh, you know, he, he... has learned from that experience and moved on. And so, yeah, you know, you have to take your hat off to him. Um, of course, we didn't actually talk about it last week, but we, we did hear from Morgan Fox, another player who probably once upon a time, most Wednesday fans would have been willing the end of his contract. But we now find ourselves in a situation whereby I think uh, a majority of Wednesday fans would, would like to see Morgan Fox stay. And, and, and there's a, you know, a, a, a different footballer there than, um, than we saw a couple of, of years ago but again he's kind of been hinting that you know he'd, he'd like to get something done yeah he has and and, he, and again he's another one that if they could I think in January if they could sort out the futures of Cameron Dawson and Morgan Fox as well as bring in a forward or two I think most Wednesdayites would be delighted really that would be 
a good window. You could possibly throw in and say maybe loan Jordan Rhodes out elsewhere as long as you're covered up front and, you, and you've got enough strength and depth there to cope until Stephen Fletcher returns. Uh, so, yeah, but I think that would really be ideal for Wednesday, uh, you know, if they were to do that. I think that they don't want to leave themselves when they've still got 10 or 11 out of contract players. They don't want to be, especially the ones they want to keep, I think they do need to try and thrash out those deals and get them over the line, some of them now, rather than leave it right to the end. Because then that really plays into the, the players, the agents, it plays into their hands more. Yeah when you're looking at it and thinking Cameron Dawson and Morgan Fox as examples, right? I'm not saying this is the case, but they've had they're, they're enjoying really good spells in the team right now and their value is only going up. And there'll be suitors out there that will be looking yep. at them and thinking that'd be someone, particularly Cameron Dawson, the age he's at, the experience that he's now got in the championship and the the evidence that's there about how he's growing and developing and, and learning, which is brilliant to see. But all the time, there's other clubs looking at it also thinking exactly the same. So that's something we've got to be uh, mindful of. Um, last week, I think between us, I think the phrase we used was that QPR in the fourth round of the FA Cup was an awful draw. Um, so you think, how could we possibly just make that a <laughs> little bit worse let's move it to friday night um i mean i'm i'm, I'm a bit disillusioned with the fa cup i, I don't I, I think it was last season wasn't it when they changed this whereby they split the games equally over the weekend it might maybe it's this season's the first season that, it, that it's come in i don't know but i suppose they had to think about i will say before you go on a rant that sheffield united are away at millwall in the cup yep. so they couldn't be played there on is. the same day so although let's point out the fact that Millwall and West Ham are both at home in the cup on the same day they can cope with that you think maybe they could just about cope with us catching the same trains down I mean I don't know um, and I get the fact that both Wednesday and QPR are playing on the Tuesday night the games that should have been on the Saturday have been both been moved to the Tuesday so I, I get that but just for, it's rubbish for fans I think most fans are the uh, the the last train back to Sheffield is pretty much impossible. Um, so you're looking at either coming by coach, staying over, or having to get a train back to Doncaster. And there are a couple of trains to Doncaster that would get you that you would be able to catch in time. But then you've got to get from Doncaster back to Sheffield, which means you've got to drag someone to come pick you up, or you've got to get a taxi, or it's just a real pain. And and I just hate this thing that the fans. Just they just come bottom of the list, don't they? Time after time, and we see it, and it, and it's just rubbish. And it's terrible. This is, FA Cup should be Saturday three o'clock. It well, just should. This is what they they seem to be trying to rebrand the FA Cup, haven't they? And turn it into a a full day extravaganza now, haven't they? So yeah, Friday, and, Saturday, and it, and Sunday, all and for Monday foreign TV. Schedule. That's the reason for yeah. it is because of foreign TV rights. Nothing to do with it. It's no better for us over here. Not. Who, I can't imagine anyone that says, oh, I'd much rather an FA Cup game be on a Sunday lunchtime than on a Saturday afternoon. No one says that. No no, no football fan really wants the games to be on a Friday or a Sunday or a Monday. They just don't. It's like what you say there, that unfortunately when the times we're in, TV dictates yep. that, uh, and that uh, they are in control a, a lot or have a big say in scheduling. Uh, and so this won't be the first and it won't be the last time that we'll complain and we will whinge mm. about Wednesday being on at a very antisocial time that is inconsiderate of fans 
but I'm afraid, uh, I, I fear, you know, and fear that we're going to have this conversation again in the future. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and ultimately, this is the, the way it's been going and, and we'll continue to go. Uh, right, on to our opinions. Last week, uh, we asked about the best debut you've seen in a Wednesday shirt. Some good stuff here. Uh, and a couple of unexpected ones. So Peter saying Glenn Leuven's against Leicester. Did put in, actually, in, in a time where we were leaking goals all over the place. It was uh, was good. Uh, Reggie Blinker at Villa from Christopher Lindley. Uh, hi to Mark, who says, yeah, and a lot of people saying Lloyd Awusu, um to first touch to win a, a, a Sheffield derby. Uh, just cracking uh, James Nelson saying Chris Bart Williams um, some some really interesting names that came around for that uh, this week straightforward so this is uh, a Twitter poll and it's a yes or no <laughs> and uh, I mean very much off the back of um, uh, and I've got to say you know changing the game match winning performance whatever you want to call it Atty knew you are you going to give him a new contract or not no where, where do you stand on this no All right. no and I know you're going to say no, and I don't really like being in agreement with you, uh, but I, I think that up front, I suppose when you look at it, the only player that will be under contract up front for Wednesday in the summer will be Jordan Rhodes. So you would think, or that suggests that, yeah, they're going to have to maybe negotiate or look at certainly keeping one of the others offering a new deal but I, I think unless Atty w- was to have another sort of I don't know half a dozen outstanding matches between now and the end of the season where he really makes a big contribution I, I, I think in a the Wednesday have got to be looking to the future and, and their strikers are all either in their late 20s or in their 30s they've got to start moving on and I think up front needs a big shake up so I am going to say no Uh, mine's a bit of a conditional no which is difficult when it's a yes or no survey (laughs) but I think we need to we need to replace Atinuyu with a better Atinuyu otherwise we should keep Atinuyu we need someone that can come 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 off the bench and do what he does but do it with a little bit more regularity uh, and maybe also be a better option for starting games when we need them Mm. to. And my worry with this, and one of the reasons why I wonder actually whether or not my answer to it is yes, is because uh, do those players exist? Is is there an upgraded version of Atinuyu out there that we can just go out and get in the summer? I don't know. I, I, I probably. I mean, none of us heard of Atinuyu until we signed Atinuyu, so the, we probably never heard of the upgraded version of Atinuyu that hopefully we'll bring in in the summer. So, um, I, I all things considered, I've probably got to say yes. Probably got to say if we, unless we know for definite there's a better Atinuyu out there, we've probably I've got to give him a new contract. Well, let's th- let the I, people decide. I might not vote in this one. I might let this one. <laughs> I might abstain. I might let it go. Um, so yeah, if you want to had to, had to uh, head to our Twitter page to uh, cast your vote on that one, um, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. Or contact the show, or of course, to vote in our Twitter poll. It's at Dom and James. Um, at this point, I want to say a big thank you to our gold sponsor, Title Law, who you can find at TitleLaw.co.uk. Wonder which way Ollie will vote in that um, <laughs> survey. I'll keep an eye out for his uh, vote. Uh, thank you for joining us if you like singing the blues please rate and review the show in your podcast app up the owls and see you next week (laughs) 